Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the home fire. (laughs) I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part time in a... In a lot of things. Yeah, a lot of things. Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips. Tricks. And discounts. One of the things we've been traveling in, which we talked to you about last week, was the four-wheel pop-up camper that we were able to borrow from the four-wheel pop-up camper company. Four-wheel truck camper, sorry. And the more we used it, the more we liked it. To the end, we actually talked to them about this would be a cool thing to have on our truck and then also tow a trailer so we have more options. Yeah, and they do have just kind of an empty shell that pops up, which might be good for us because we kind of use our the back of our truck as a garage. Yeah, or a garbage dump. <laughs> well, <laughs> but we were a little, we were coming home and we did a couple of, well, dirt road things and really were wishing we had had more time with that camper to really... Take it off road. I mean, it was a four wheel drive truck and a camper that could go anywhere. And we went on the highway to a fairgrounds. Yeah. I mean, it was timing, of course. Yeah. yeah. But I even told Dan at four wheel camper, I'm like, we kind of blew this opportunity because as we're coming back, we purposely went through Joshua Tree and up to the Sierras. Yeah. And. My gosh. I mean, it's such a beautiful place, and there's so much boondocking and free camping and just wonderful things to see, particularly if you have a big, bad, one-ton diesel (laughs) four-wheel drive, pick-em-up truck with wenches, and oh, gosh, it's so well-suited to that. Yeah. We were thinking of all the things we should have done while we had it, but the timing just wasn't right. And we were super grateful to be able to borrow the camper so that we could take the trip that we already had scheduled. Right. And we will have a video of the camper and a full article linked in the show notes. This is episode 144. I'm pretty sure about that. Last week I gave the wrong number. (laughs) And uh, and I don't think we're going to say four a bunch of times today, so I won't be able to correct it. (laughs) (laughs) Teresa! (laughs) And so you can find that at stresslesscamping.com slash podcast slash 0144 is where the show notes happen to R. We wanted to just give you a little reminder that Boondockers Welcome is increasing their price for new members. Your price, if you're already locked into the $50 that you've been paying, that's what you're going to continue to pay. But new members are going to see an increase up to $79 per year in May. And I don't know if that's May 1 or sometime in May, but play it safe. If you are interested in joining Boondockers Welcome, do it now. We have a discount on our website. We do have a discount on our website. Do it now and that will lock in your rate. They are only increasing the price for new members who join after May. So you can save almost 30 bucks off the new price for a whole year of unlimited overnight stays at Boondockers Welcome location. So Make sure to use our coupon code. The link is in the discounts and deals section of our website. Right. Okay. By a show of hands, how many of you are thrilled with the price of fuel? 
did everybody oh, wait. cut their hands off? I don't see any. Oh, wait. The, the guys from the oil company in the back oh, are, are yeah, they're raising both guys. hands. <laughs> well, we wrote an article about how to get better fuel mileage. And for those of you who don't know, I used to write a syndicated column about cars. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to get better fuel mileage with your RV. Fuel mileage. Yeah. Let's define that. It is how much fuel it takes to move your vehicle down the road. Yes, right. So how many <laughs> gallons of fuel it takes to move a specific number of miles. While a lot of people think RVs, oh, they're big and heavy. And yeah, they are. But truthfully, over about 50 miles an hour, the thing that really hurts your fuel mileage is shoving that big square box through the air. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of old car guys like me who say, ah, darn it, all the new cars look the same. Right. You know but why? They're all aerodynamically designed. Right. They are designed to cut through the wind. It's a constant factor. It's a known entity. And so a certain shape really slices through the wind best. And that's the shape that cars are in. Right. So aerodynamics is one of the biggest things that can affect your fuel economy. RVs, you know, as Tony said, are just kind of big boxes right and they're very usually kind of flat flat on the front which just acts as a big sail and not a big aerodynamic yeah not a wedge wedge right (laughs) so there's a couple of companies that have this figured out if you are looking for a new rv and you want to get better fuel economy one of the ones that has actually tested their rvs in what's called a wind tunnel and you can do this either virtually or really or really? Yeah. <laughs> They're actually, you know, where they create wind and, and blow smoke over it and see where the wind goes. Uh-huh. Snoozy 2, they actually tested it in a virtual wind tunnel, I believe. And it is shaped like a wedge. Airstream 2 tested their campers and found that they are far better at cutting through the wind than your typical boxy travel trailer. Well, Airstream is very round I mean, they're very round anyway, but they're very round on the front, right? That, so there's they're not also a lower. big flat spot. Right. I mean, the lower a vehicle is, the less wind it's cutting through, basically. Some of these, by the way, I understand there is much more to it. Well, sure. But we're talking kind of simple terms here. So airstreams, you notice, are also lower to the ground. And mm-hmm. yeah, they're rounder yeah. and all of that. Now, airstreams, like all RVs... You know, this is something, if you study aerodynamics and you look at how RVs are built, they're this big square box, first of all, as we said, and then they put a bunch of stuff on the roof, like they stick giant air conditioners and antenna and vent fans and all this stuff on the roof. If you look at Airstream has a thing called the E-Stream, and it's a prototype, and it's it's not a real thing yet, and, (laughs) and even the president of Airstream I wrote an article and talked to him, and even he said not everything in that is probably likely to make it to real Airstreams. However, one of the biggest things about that, there was nothing sticking out of the roof. Oh. And so... So because all those things that stick out just add to the wind resistance. Yeah, absolutely. And so that E-Stream is completely smooth on the roof, and then since there's nothing sticking out, they covered it with solar panels. Oh, it's well, pretty wait. slick. Aren't those solar panels sticking up? 
No, they're mounted flush to the roof. I don't uh-huh. know how they, they, okay. they, it looks like they put them in like an enclosure, but no, they are not sticking up. Okay, great. So, so yeah, all kinds of things like bikes and roof racks and air conditioners and vents and antennas. Antenna and <laughs> ladders and flags and all that stuff does take fuel to cut through the wind. Right. So the more slippery you can make your vehicle, the better. And one of those things you can also do, we talked to in episode 95, we talked to Dave Falla, a truck driver. He said, truck drivers don't mind when you drift behind them because it increases their rear taper. In other words, if you kind of ride kind of close behind a truck, you're in their envelope of wind, so to speak. And it helps both of you get better mileage. Right. So you're not cutting the wind. The truck in front of you is cutting the wind. And you're keeping the length of the taper, you know, that gets smaller and smaller and smaller as it goes back. And that helps the wind from, I I don't know what it's called, but also like in in a pickup with a travel trailer, if you've just got an open bed truck, the wind will come over the top of the truck and then kind of bump down into the bed and then has to jump back up yeah. over the camper. I'm, I'm sure there's a term for that. <laughs> it's much more scientific than the way I say it. But I think also our truck with a camper shell helps kind of that aerodynamic because it goes up over the roof of the truck, up over the shell, and then up over the camper. So it yeah, doesn't but- have that divot in the middle and then it depends on how the front of the travel trailer is shaped too right i mean some of them have a forward slanting nose right i'm looking at you in tech (laughs) and i can't imagine that does anything but make your mileage worse i don't know because i haven't got a wind tunnel right (laughs) but i'm just a wind bag so anything you can take to smooth out that shape would help another tip to get the best gas mileage or the best fuel mileage that you can is to make sure that your tires are always properly inflated. Yeah, underinflating your tires really can affect your fuel economy significantly. And not only that, but cause greater tire wear, higher likelihood of tire failure. And that's on whatever vehicle, right? You're, if you're towing your tow vehicle in whatever is being towed on a motorhome, all those big tires. They're not cheap, and so make sure that they're properly inflated. And it goes back to something we recommend. Have your own air compressor. But don't overinflate them because that causes all kinds of other (laughs) other dangers. That also (laughs) can cause severe advanced tire wear and other problems. So properly inflate your tires. Yep. Hey, uh, didn't race car driver Jackie Stewart give you a tip one time? Yes, I had the very good fortune of meeting Jackie Stewart. And I said, how do you keep winning races? And he told me he pretends there's an egg between his foot and the accelerator pedal. And so rather than stand on that accelerator from a dead stop, get going as quickly as possible and big changes by gently modulating that pedal, it will help you win the race. And in this case, the race is the fuel economy race. So gentle use of that accelerator pedal will make a difference. So he doesn't want you to mash it, Melvin. Right. Mash it, <laughs> Melvin. Yeah, there you go. That's what I tell people when I want them to hurry up in front of me. Mash it, Melvin. <laughs> and of course... As there is a lot of RV maintenance, there's also a lot of vehicle maintenance that goes into having everything run smoothly and efficiently. Yeah, right. I mean, things like air filter makes a huge difference, right? An engine, diesel or gas, is essentially nothing more than a giant air pump. 
And so the more efficiently it can move fuel and air through it, the better. So check your air filter. Use the proper engine oil. It's amazing. You look at the oils that are recommended in modern vehicles. They're really thin, but they're, they've really gotten good. And so use the proper engine oil. Uh, another thing, if you think you're going to be sitting for a while, I'm looking at you diesel RV owners who start up and let that thing idle for a good long while. Wait, you don't mean a while, like a couple months. You mean like, no, like, like 20 like, minutes or something. Or whatever, even even 10 minutes. It's a waste of fuel. If you are towing, your hitch, your suspension, everything should be properly adjusted so that your tow vehicle looks like it's empty, you know, so that it's essentially flat. And the whatever you're towing is essentially flat right i mean you see some of these where the nose of the travel trailer is really pushing down on the tow vehicle and the tow vehicle then the back end is pushed to the ground that's not good not so good but i have a little question going back to the not sitting at idle and maybe this is a really old-fashioned notion but i seem to remember that diesels don't like to stop and start most people that drive a diesel especially if they've been driving diesel for a long long time they leave it at idle because it is better for the engine. Nah, not anymore. Okay. Modern engines are, are just, things have changed a lot, even in the past five years. But when those old mechanics started telling old mechanics tales, um, <laughs> things have changed a lot since then. So no, you don't need to let that thing idle for forever and ever. It, it's just waste fuel and, okay. and all that. Good to know. Thank you. Speaking of fuel. Speaking of fuel, you should buy... The best fuel you can get, right? Well, the best and also the appropriate. So I know a lot of people, especially, okay, the, the typical domestic pickup engine, the big V8 that's in so many American pickup trucks, is a relatively simple thing as far as engines go. And so your owner's manual will tell you what the recommended octane rating or fuel rating is for that mm-hmm. engine mm-hmm. if it says use regular you are doing nothing but wasting money by putting premium in it it literally is makes made for zero difference the regular now a lot of engines that have turbos uh, gasoline engines with turbos like the fords the EcoBoosts, things like that yeah you probably do have to use a premium fuel but if you've got a simple domestic v8 in your pickup truck, I would imagine that it recommends regular gas. Don't waste your money. Just buy regular. However, do try to buy better gas. There's a rating called top tier. Mm-hmm. And even Arco and Costco use top tier gas. So you can use regular gas from a station that sells a higher quality gas. That's good to know because those are the two stations I always used to avoid. <laughs> yeah. Arco used to not have a great reputation and yeah. they have really stepped up. Oh, okay. And of course, Costco is Costco is one of the largest fuel station owners yeah. in the country. Yeah. And Costco tends to have good stuff at fair prices. That's sort of their shtick. Right, for everything, not just for fuel. Yeah, in general, it's usually the things I find at Costco are the higher quality things. So it's been worth it for us. We we don't really shop much at Costco, but we buy our gas there often. For sure, yeah. Any chance we get. I love waiting in those really long lines with a travel (laughs) trailer. So another way to save on fuel is to just maybe find some places that are closer to home. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can go to a place that's a little closer to home then from there, have it as a home base and maybe go hiking or biking or 
things like that. In fact, we're going to talk about biking in just a little bit. Yeah. But that's one option is just shorter trips because these long trips are, are expensive and a lot of times if you look at what's around you look in the neighboring cities or even counties and talk to their visitors bureau or anything like that a lot of times you'll be amazed at what's really close to home right now that's not to say that you shouldn't take long trips we're still planning long trips we're just budgeting that in and knowing that fuel prices are going to be higher and that's a sacrifice we are willing to make to get those road trips in that we already have planned yes now one more thing speed for those of you like me who remember the 1970s <laughs> remember when they set the the speed limit down to 55 and everyone just screamed bloody murder right. but truthfully the slower you go the less fuel you consume especially over 50 miles an hour for every additional five miles an hour it's a pretty significant increase in fuel consumption And I've heard a lot of people say, well, I don't want to go 60 miles an hour, let's just say, because everybody passes me. So let them pass you. Yeah, let them go around. You're on vacation, right? Right, yeah. (laughs) So you can think unkind thoughts about the people who are passing you at high rates of speed. I was amazed on this most recent trip how some people were going just blazingly fast. And I could, this truck that we borrowed and our own truck have a display inside that shows fuel economy and i could really tell the difference between even 60 and 65 right it was a it was a pretty notable difference and so you want to save a little money slow down and enjoy more podcasts right and the other thing about not that that not that this is about fuel economy but it's also safer to go a little slower i you know i mean i know that rv tires are sometimes rated maybe for 65 i know in california if you're towing something you're not supposed to go over 55 yeah there's the one person who does <laughs> wait Us. there's the one person who obeys that honestly i mean people do go faster sure, but, but sure. truthfully the closer you stick to a lower speed, the more you're going to save in, in fuel. Right. It's just a simple equation. Right. But most of all, even with the high price of fuel, don't, don't stop, stop RVing. Okay, stop, stop. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That they was, don't need to hear any yes. more of that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, a whole lot of people <laughs> just stopped their RVs and jumped off a cliff. Anyway, Sorry about that. There you go. That's why we don't sing very often. <laughs> <laughs> don't quit our day jobs. Although this is our day job. Yeah. Hey, we'll be right back. We love being part of the largest club of RVers with events, rallies, tours, resources, and more. And you can be too. That's the FMCA, and it's not just for motorhomes anymore. Now any RVer can join the FMCA and enjoy their fantastic benefits. Yeah, like chapters where people of common interest gather and go on outings and adventures together. It's a great way to meet other RVers who share your interest or location. But there are other great resources too, like a beautiful magazine, forums, videos, tutorials, and so much more. And don't forget the incredible programs like Medical Assist, where the FMCA is there for you in the event of a medical emergency on the road. Yes, and we signed up for the FMCA's Roadside Assistance, which specializes in RVs and offers towing to the nearest qualified repair facility, no matter how many miles away it is. It's a great optional program that's been part of the FMCA for years. Plus, of course, we've got a good deal for you. New members can save $10 on an FMCA membership. We've got the details and more information on this terrific organization on our Discounts and Deals page at StresslessCamping.com. 
Join us and other RV enthusiasts at an upcoming rally or gathering and save money in the process. Now Now that's that's stressless stressless camping. camping. Last week at the FMCA convention in Tucson, Arizona, Sunsets and Saguaros. Yeah. I was sitting listening to someone talk about all the FMCA benefits, and I thought, self, wouldn't it be (laughs) cool if we found an unknown or infrequently used FMCA benefit and just shared that every week? Yeah. So we're gonna. We're gonna. So this week's FMCA tip of the week. Bum, bum, bum. I have to find some new music. Yeah, we need a song for it. (laughs) We wanted to remind or tell people that every person who is a member, every member of FMCA is automatically enrolled in what's known as F, I don't know how to say it out loud, FMCA assist. (laughs) FMCA assist. Right. It's, they write it as one word with one A, but it's FMCA assist. And it's an emergency medical evacuation and repatriation coverage. And it's worldwide as long as you are more than 75 miles from home. Say you're a full-time RVer, you're always considered 75 miles from home. Right. FMCA assist services are also available to members when traveling abroad. So let's say, you know, you're out there and you fall and break a leg and you can't drive your RV home. Well, FMCA Assist will get you and your rig back home. Right. So that's what medical evacuation and repatriation. It makes sure that your rig gets to a safe place, your home oftentimes, but if you're a full-timer, then a designated place. Yeah. And so that means if one of two people in the rig are incapacitated, They will help that other person get the rig home. If maybe someone that's not a driver can't drive the rig home, they will make sure that the rig gets to where it needs to be. That alone is worth your FMCA membership. So there you go, the FMCA, did you know? (laughs) And this week, our gadget report. Boy, we got a good one this week. Yes, indeed. Two good ones. Right. In the past, Tony has told you about his rad electric bike. Yes. His rad e-bike. We got two electric brand e-bikes. That's right. So it's electric without the first E. Right. Electric brand. They are folding electric bikes that we had both of them folded into the back seat of the pickup truck. (laughs) So that's how small they get. And either of us, I mean, they're not light. They're what, like 65 pounds or Probably, something? but each of us was able to lift and lower the bikes in and out of the back seat. Now, yep. I'm not going to say that it was super spacious in the back of that truck, and it's a big truck. Yeah. But two bikes did get into the back seat of that truck. Yeah, and so we, well, first of all, when we got to the FMCA convention last week, I had the Jackery with me. And we charged both the bikes up with it. (laughs) So they're totally solar charged. We charged them up when we got there. And we rode the stink out of those bikes all over the I rode them around the the whole rest of the week. Both of us, the display on the bike didn't go below one of, I think, 10 bars yeah, or so maybe maybe two or three out of 10 maybe but we really got but we had plenty of power we would could have gone yeah. a lot more than we actually did so in the past when tony talked about the rad power bike i said well that's nice for you what am i supposed to jog along beside you yes. so we're so excited to have two now yeah so that we have when, a black one and a white one when someone says bike ride we can both go on a bike ride yeah so these electric bikes have a seven speed gearbox so you can like I think all electric bikes, 
you can just pedal it like a bicycle. Yeah. So if you just want to ride a bicycle, you can. There's a seven-speed manual transmission. Uh, I did you know. that quite a bit, actually. Maybe that's why my did? power stayed. <laughs> well, oh. the fairgrounds was pretty flat. It was. I just wanted to experiment. <laughs> and then uh, there, you can have a pet, what they call pedal assist. So you can dial in up to five levels of pedal assist so as you're pedaling the bike it kind of kicks in sort of like someone pushing you along so did you ever go above one because no one was enough for me i was a little bit afraid to go higher but maybe but again it was really really flat there so maybe if there was some hill stuff then i oh, would have wanted There's more a couple assist. of times i went to two i was afraid it would lurch me forward <laughs> throw me off the back <laughs> i don't think so i would be but, bucked off <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah so then there's paddle assist and then you can ride it like basically an electric motorcycle right so, so there's, there's an actual throttle. throttle on the right hand that is just like a motorcycle throttle so if you didn't want to pedal at all and there was a day that I did that. <laughs> oh, okay. So those but are But it the, goes like up to 20 miles an hour, I think, I, Yeah, right? and then you can hack it to go up to 28. Yeah, no, not needed. Of electric power. <laughs> but 20 is, is plenty fast. Looking over how this bike was made, the welds, the construction, all of the, the materials seem really good quality. One of the things I really liked about the way this was designed you can raise the handlebars and also the seat, of course, yes. to adjust the bike to you. Well, they put like a ruler on the post. So if two different people use the bike, you can remember what your settings are. So someone else, it's kind of like the, you know, in the truck seat. It's nice when it has those electric seats that say driver one, driver two. But you can just remember what your handlebar and what your seat numbers are. And then we did swap bikes back and forth. We, we truly, I don't think, have really 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 decided who's riding the black bike and who's riding the white bike no they should quite. make them in pink and blue so it'd be easier to decide or whatever not burgundy <laughs> i mean even if you like you we folded our bikes down to fit in the back seat of the truck mm -hmm. and just putting it back so it's ready to go you have those markers That's on the too. posts and yeah. bing bang boom because you want to squeeze them down when you're folding it so yeah. it gets smaller one of the things that I've been asked is what about, you know, they're smaller. They're, I think they're 21 inch tires, if I'm not mistaken. They're smaller tires. Yeah, they are smaller. And how are they in dirt? Well, we rode all over in sand at this convention. There was some pretty yeah. blacktop and there was also some sandy, some gravel dirty. And, and some lumpy grass. And <laughs> yeah, never, never felt out of control. No, it was not at all. very controlled. There's a display that shows you how much power and how fast you're going and you can have different things like you can have multiple trips and things like and that. And it does have a headlight. And it has a headlight and a taillight. We rode at night when it was dark <laughs> to the concerts and it just really enjoyed the heck out of these. So you're going to see a video of us riding these things around. And we are going to start some videos of us riding around in different places. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Be fun. But, so compared the Rad to, I have the Rad Step Through 2 Mini and then the electric bikes that we got. How do they compare? Well, I would say in terms of quality, very, very comparable. The Rad has the benefit. It has a bell that comes with it. Well, that's easy enough. That's okay. Fix. We have bells. 
Right. Exactly. <laughs> and whistles. <laughs> so that's something in the favor of the rad. And the rad also has a brake light. So when you apply the brake, the light comes on. Uh, However, I think there's a like $400 difference between the two. Yeah. And there's nothing about the electric bike I saw that was anything but, you know, I have no fears that it's gonna break or no complaints in terms of quality a lot of the differences are in the you know leather look handles of the rad and things like that but however there is one area where the electric bike absolutely has it all over the rad they're both folding bikes and the rad has a wire that goes between the front and back section when it folds well i pinched that wire and shorted the controller the throttle and one other thing pretty much everything yeah basically (laughs) the bike was dead it was a lot of parts that had to be replaced to fix that well the electric just has contact so when the bike is open the contacts aren't touching when the bike is closed the contacts are touching the other thing is the electric bikes are about a thousand dollars i think typically and they have sales a lot Mm -hmm. it's a great value and we have been very very pleased with the electric bikes and so stay tuned we're gonna tell you a little more about them as time goes on right and we're gonna ride the stink out of them <laughs> as we already did for a whole week yeah, at the FMC for sure. and my gosh there was a ton of them there <laughs> so just one more thing if you happen to be in phoenix they have a showroom there and you can go yes. and try them out and see That's them. right and they're super nice people yeah uh, you know, there was a ton of people buying bikes when we right. were there that's right there was a line actually to buy them and for good reason it's a good value a good bike and we're really happy yeah so there you go all right i think tony your rv of the week is gonna combine some of the things that we've already talked about as in foldable and lower profile why don't you tell us about your rv of the week rv of the week well it is the 2022 flagstaff 206 stse and it's a pop-up trailer that's a lot of letters it is and there (laughs) is a rockwood for those of you who don't know flagstaff and rockwood are the same product they just get different stickers somewhere near the end of the assembly line and first of all we as you well know we are huge fans of rockwood and flagstaff because they just really build good stuff and that extends here what this has that's really unusual of course it's a pop-up so as you're towing it along it sits below the roof line of your vehicle so it would have a lower impact on the aerodynamics this thing has a lounge in the back of it so there are two mattresses on the pop-out sections each of them heated a full size and a queen size and then an actual lounge in this trailer and it's a really neat arrangement so i will put a link to my article rockwood and flagstaff also have 190 watts of solar on the pop-up roof and there's a thousand watt inverter so really nice features for off the grid and one more you know one of the unusual one of the things that's typical of pop-up trailers is they're good in good weather and if it starts to rain it's like oh well there goes that well not this one this one has that lounge (laughs) in the back so you could sit inside literally with six people and have a game of cards or something like nice yeah really neat floor plan so it's got that low profile to help increase your fuel mileage yeah, but also a real usable interior. Yeah, yeah. 
Excellent. Thank you. So speaking of gadgets, I guess, (laughs) (laughs) the things that fold up or whatever. Last week, our question of the week, we asked you to share your favorite gadget because we always share ours. Yeah. And I love to be some RV gadgets. That's (laughs) right. And so I think three people said that they really dig their LevelMate Pro. So that's an automatic. It it shows you how level your RV is. And one of the neat things, you could stick this in your trailer. And in the truck, you could kind of push the trailer around to find a more level spot. So it's an app on your phone. Yeah, and a device in the RV. That reads the level mate. Okay, good. Of course, we had a few votes for Blue Eddy or Jackery Power Station. Yeah, we will second that emotion. For sure. We use the heck out of our Jackery this past couple weeks. Yeah, we really do. Solo Stove was among the favorites. Abby loved theirs. Yeah. Maybe someday we'll get one, Maybe someday. Someone said they really love having the outdoor shower so that they can wash their dogs before they let them back in. (laughs) We had a dog who would have none of that. So, no, not at all. Which is a husky mix. And oh, she did not yeah, like no way showers. With <laughs> Some votes for a tow hitch, a Hinsley hitch. Those are pretty nifty. We're going to look into those, by the way, on our new trailer coming soon. What? <laughs> yep. An oil filter wrench. Yeah. I like the keyless entry a lot and so did others. You know, you don't have to carry keys around. And this might be this might be just related to current status of things, but a locking gas cap. <laughs> yeah. Gee, why? <laughs> Water purification systems. Yeah. And we're a big fan of those clear to O filters. Those those things work really well. Right. R V GPS. And again, we've advocated the R V trip wizard, which is part of R V life. And again, we have a discount. But yeah, it helps you with RV safe GPS. And what's Delin? Delin's favorite gadget is her husband. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have to agree. Okay. I, wait, your favorite gadget is Delin's husband? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. This week, before we have to talk yes. anymore about Delin's husband. Has your camping season started? It's getting to be that time of year where even those of you who had to winterize are able to start thinking about camping. Yeah, spring has sprung. Yep. Of course, we drove through the snow yesterday. You wouldn't have noticed that in the eastern Sierra. But hey, for some people. (laughs) Yeah, it was snowing as we were coming home. It was interesting. So you can answer the question of the week at our fun and friendly Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. Yep, and you can link to that from our website. It's on every page. There's the familiar blue F for Facebook at the top. You click on that and head on over to the Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. But before you go, make sure you sign up for the newsletter. Yeah, we only do it once a week and it's absolutely free. And we put links to the stories, videos, and podcasts that will help you get the most out of your stressless camping experience and that's all we do with it we send you a once a week newsletter we don't sell or give away your address to anybody else 
I just use it to keep in touch with you. And also, before you leave the website, jump off onto Facebook. Don't forget to visit the Deals and Discounts page for the best deals you'll need on things for your stressless camping adventure, including a discount to Boondockers Welcome, which is going to increase their prices soon. Absolutely. And of course, we are in all the social places. As long as you start at StresslessCamping.com, from there you can jump off to all the places that we are. You'll also find show notes for this episode and all of our podcast episodes. This is episode number 144. For reals. Four. <laughs> yeah. If you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's free. it's free to subscribe on any podcast app. We're saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. Before you <laughs> Wait go. Wait a minute. Campfire? Campfire. <laughs> the heck is a campfire? Campfire. There you go. And did you know that a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts will help others find our podcast. And the more people who listen, the better the guests tend to be. So this was a kind of a short episode, but a good one, I, I think. I mean, an important one. And we thank you all for listening. Yeah, hopefully this helps you out. There is an article associated with this, so we'll point to that too. And most of all, happy camping! camping. We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping! So something else you can do is make sure that your tires are always pop- Popped. <laughs> Not popped. <laughs> Make sure that to pop again. your tires. You'll get better mileage. <laughs> well, at least we have our blooper. <laughs> Yeah, if you pop your tires, you're not going anywhere. You're using no fuel. 